1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is the will of God for my life. I can do what the Word says I can do. I am what the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Today my mind's alert. My spirit's receptive as I'm being taught the Word of God. My life is being changed for the better. And I'll never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated, and on this Mother's Day, I have been uh, directed to speak from a passage in 1 John, 1 John chapter 4. So if you have a Bible, if you'd like to turn to that passage, 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to be beginning in verse 7. First John chapter 4. What a wonderful testimony we just heard. What, didn't it bless your life just to hear it? And I'm sure that'll be on our website. So if you know somebody that needs to be encouraged in that regard and encouraged in their faith and in the Lord, you can direct them to it. So 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Well, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word today. 
We ask that you would make it real in our hearts as never before and help us to live out the word that we hear for the glory of God and for the blessing of our lives and all those around us in Jesus' name. Amen. So this passage here in 1 John is talking to us about the love of God. It's the, and it's, the, it's a different kind of love. It's not natural human love. It's not like brotherly love. It's not like uh, romantic love. It's not uh, like friendship love. So it's the agape love of God, and it's the unconditional love of God. And that's what we're talking about this morning, what it is how it works in us, for us, in us, and then ought to work through us to be a blessing not only in our lives, but to bless those around us for the glory of God. So this agape love of God is unconditional. It is the forever love of the Heavenly Father. It preceded our very being. It preceded our very existence. Did you know that you are loved by God? Say, I am loved by my heavenly father I am loved by my heavenly father that before you and I were even born we were loved by our heavenly father Psalm 139 verses 13 through 16 tells us for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was woven, when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days, say all the days. All the days, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How awesome is that? That he saw us and he knew us before we were even completely formed in the secret place in our mother's wombs. So from the very beginning, all our heavenly father wanted to do was to love his children that he had created for that very purpose. For us to know his love, the unconditional agape love of God, and to walk through life with him in his love. This is where the power is. Sometimes I think maybe we've missed what the Bible really is all about because they say the Bible is the greatest story ever told, but it's more than that. It is the greatest love story ever told because from the beginning of Genesis and the creation of the world and the creation of mankind, it began as a love story. And all the way to the end of the book of Revelation, when God talks about our redemption and our living with him forever, it ends as a love story. And it's a true account. It's historical. And so it also tells the downside of when men choose not to walk in the love of God and what happens when men Mankind chooses not to walk in the love of God. But what a wonderful love story it is when we accept and receive his love, walk according to it, and live out life with the love of God at work in us. So it's the abundant life. It's the John 10, 10 life. It's what Jesus was talking about when he said we're to live life more abundantly. It is this love of God kind of a life. So if you're taking notes, our first point is we are loved by the Father. Say, I'm loved by the Father. 
1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 tells us how great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So we are loved by the Father. We are what the Bible uh, calls us in the King James Version in the Old English. We are his beloved. When you put the two words together, be and loved, you get the word beloved. Beloved means to be much loved. It means to be dearly loved. It means to be dear to his heart. It is sad, I think, in this generation that so many, even so many believers especially, seem to live life out as if they do not know this truth from God's word. Not only that he is love, but that he has shed his love abroad in our hearts for a purpose. You know, we used to sing the scripture chorus. He is my beloved and I am his. His banner over me is love. He takes me to his banqueting table. His banner over me is love. This is the love of God. It is complete. It is unconditional. It wasn't based on the color of our eyes or the color of our hair or our, the frame of our body. It wasn't based on ethnicity or the country we were born in or the parents we came from. It was based simply in that we are the image of God in this earth. We are men and women, boys and girls. We are created in the image of God, and we are his. We are loved by God. We are his beloved. Say, I'm beloved. I'm loved by God. So love then becomes our motivation. It becomes our motivation. If I know this love of the Father, if I've been the recipient of it through the born-again experience, and by his Holy Spirit, he lives in my heart, then love becomes my motivation. The love of God poured out in my life is my motivation to live, as the scripture has just told us that we read, a purified life. A purified life. What does that mean? It means that I can abstain. I choose to abstain from that which would contaminate my life, contaminate my body, contaminate my soul. Because of his love. If I, you know, if I love someone... I cannot live in such a way as to discredit the one whom I love, the, the lover of my life. You know, uh, a good example, and that's why uh, scripture uses it in various passages, Ephesians 5, which we'll mention shortly, but uh, the relationship between the husband and wife. You know, if you and your spouse are married, you're to have this covenant of love, and you are to live in such a way because of that covenant of love that you never live in such a way to discredit that love or to discredit each other, but you, you love one another. You protect one another. You, you uphold one another. And we'll talk more about that. But love becomes our motivation then to live a purified life. So because I have this love relationship with my heavenly father, I choose to live in such a way that I don't discredit 
that relationship. I don't discredit his love. I don't discredit him by uh, living in such a way that I would live a life where I might uh, dishonor him, dishonor his love, or contaminate my life, or contaminate my body, or contaminate my soul. Are you following me this morning? So we are loved by the Father. And number two, our second point, we are to love one another. Say, that means I'm to love others. And this, I was going to say, is not the easy part, uh, to love others sometimes. You see, we are recipients of the love of God, of the love of our Heavenly Father. So we have his love living in our hearts Uh, and we are to be led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. We know this. We're to read Scripture and live according to the Word of God, the written Word of God, and we are to love one another. 1 John chapter 4, again our text, let's look back at it. Look at verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. Why? Because love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. You see, it means I no longer live for myself, but I live through him. He lives through me. It's a, it's a relationship. It's a covenant. And so I, I'm not my own. I've been bought by, with a price, and it was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He laid down his life for me. That's agape love. He laid down his life for me. You know, and it's wonderful. It's Mother's Day because that's what mothers do. They lay down their lives. It's not Father's Day, but the same is true of fathers. And they lay down their lives for their families, for their wife, for their children. It's a laying down of our lives. It's agape love. It's unconditional. It's not, does my wife deserve it? Does my husband deserve it? Do my children deserve it? Does my baby deserve for me to be up in the all the wee hours of the night rocking and feeding and is changing and doing everything? No, it's agape love. It's the unconditional love of God. And we have an edge as believers, as Christians, because it's not just going to be based on natural human love that can grow weary or tired or just say, the heck with it. And, uh, you know, I'm going to walk out the door and get in a car or go buy a red Corvette and pretend I'm 17 again. You know, there's nothing as sad as an old heavy woman uh, putting on 17-year-old hooker clothes acting like she's a babe again. You're not a babe again. If you want to be beautiful forever, and we're going to talk about that just a little bit this morning since we're honoring mothers, you know, and don't you love it when it's not in your notes? Uh, <laughs> It's about this agape love of God, this unconditional love. And as believers, we have an edge. And so let's pick up there in verse 10. He says, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Say, I ought, I also ought to love others. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. If we love one another, if we love one another, God lives in us. 
We're not supposed to walk the aisle, get born again, give our hearts to Jesus, and that's where the buck stops. No, that's not where the buck stops. That's where the buck begins. That's where real living life in Christ begins. We know no one has ever seen God, picking up in verse 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. If we love one another, he lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. That's a big part of the Holy Spirit working in our hearts and lives, testifying to us of the truth of God's word and of our place in Christ. You know, we, our lives become marked by God. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. You know, uh, we belong to him. And so we have his protection then and his blessing and, and all that goes with it, all the wonderful things that go with it. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. How many, since you've come to Christ, would say, I know and I rely on the love God has for me? Absolutely, each and every day. Do we sometimes feel like we don't deserve it? Absolutely. Do we sometimes know we don't deserve it? Absolutely. But are we sure because of his word and because of his Holy Spirit in our hearts that it's ours no matter what? Absolutely. And so it's ours. His love is ours. Verse 15, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know, say I know. And rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. So God wants us to have this confidence. And notice when we're going to have this confidence, we're going to have this confidence on the day of judgment. You know, sometimes people, I think, are afraid to die. All of 2020, my husband was saying, uh, <laughs> he said, I think people are just afraid to die. And I think it's really sad because I've noticed, you know, Sunday mornings when I get out on the road to come to church, because a lot of times I come early, um, there's like no traffic. There's, there's nobody out. Now, this morning there were out. It looked like there were, there were a bunch of men in cars madly dashing to whatever grocery store was open to buy a card and flowers, maybe donuts or a cake or cookies. I mean, there were men on the road this morning, I want to tell you. I mean, it was 7.50 a.m., and there were men on the road this morning. Now, the last Sundays, all since, you know, things opened back up last year, I, you know, if I had broken down on the road, the Holy Spirit would have helped me change my tire because no man would have driven by. I know that. Let's go back to verse 15. He says, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us. See, it's in this way. In what way? In the way where we live in love and live in God and God in us. 
in this way love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him so it's a relationship it's a living together i live with him he lives in me and we we live together he's in my home he's in my car he goes with me to the grocery store he goes with me to work he goes with me when I'm doing whatever he is with me he is with you there is no fear in love no fear but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment the one who fears is not made perfect in love verse 19 we love because he first loved us See, his love came first. That's how we know what it is. That's how we know we've received it. His love came first. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. That's not me calling you a liar. That's God in his word saying you're a, he, you're a liar. If you say you love God, but you act hateful toward your brothers and sisters in Christ, you act hateful toward the one in whom you say, you have this love relationship. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So how we treat people, what are we talking about? We're talking about the love of the Father in us and that we're to love one another. And how we treat people ought to be in such a way as to impact their internal destiny. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, the heat, the heat's been turned up. If you've not noticed, things are starting to boil on the outside, outside the faith bubble. Things are, start, things are coming, coming to a simmer. They're gonna, they're gonna, there's gonna be some eruptions. We're gonna see all kinds of craziness out there. And the only thing, the only thing that is gonna save us and save people is gonna be the love of God because it's that's where the power is and it's going to mean that we have to be mindful of who we are in Christ and conduct ourselves in a certain way when we're out and about it's absolutely going to become critical how we treat people ought to be in such a way as to impact their eternal destiny when we interact with others we should ask ourselves what would Jesus say how would Jesus talk to this person and thirdly for the wives, a few comments for the wives, although I think I might have covered that. First Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands. Oh, man, this is so old school. If, you, if you're starting to hurt, ears hurt, just bear with me. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, so if you're married to a guy and he's not a believer, he doesn't want to go to church, he doesn't want to pray, he doesn't want to get involved in that, he says, you do it, you do it, fine. He says, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. So wives, we're to, we're to have a certain conduct, we're to have a certain kind of behavior. And then don't get all hung up on the next couple of verses. It says, your beauty should not come from. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do your hair, you shouldn't dress nice, you shouldn't ever you know, wear any jewelry. But it says, your beauty should not come from these things, from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. In other words, your, that your beauty should not be based on the outward appearance doesn't mean you shouldn't care about your outward appearance <laughs> click 
Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty. Say, I have an unfading beauty, ladies. I have an unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. And here's that little word fear again, because, you know, perfect love casts out fear. So if we're, if we're going to operate in, in love, in this uh, love of God, in this agape love of God, when fear tries to come in and fear tries to make us, you know, think, us, think wrong things and act wrongly and and say wrong things and lash out or get offended or get hurt or, you know, uh, act, you know, fleshly or carnal or soulishly, you know, we, we shouldn't give way to fear. He says, if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. So sometimes fear comes, comes, but you have to handle it and you have to handle it by making it go by choosing to act in love, this agape love of God. So for us wives, we should live in love to be loved. By being lovable, acting lovable, speaking love, lovable words, we choose and walk in love, and that enables us to be loved. Now, I know, because I've gone through the, I almost said centuries, I've gone through the decades. <laughs> it's not been centuries yet, praise God. I've gone through the decades from being, you know, newly married, young wife, young mother, uh, middle-aged wife, middle-aged mother, and now, praise God, I'm going to wrap it up at the end with a scripture so you'll know where I am on the timeline, but uh, grandmother. So, uh, but you, you, you know, we get challenged. You know, we get challenged by our emotions. We get challenged by circumstances, finances, challenges, losing a job, getting a job, a new job, new baby, you know, uh, the, the tantrums of the little ones and the tantrums of the teens, and then, you know, all, all the transitions of life and, you know, the graduations and then the weddings and then the marriages and then, and then becoming grandparents. I mean, it's like, uh, but, you know, we can, we can go through and navigate these waters by just letting his love be our guide and being full of his love and just say, Lord, I don't know what to say or do in quite this moment or this situation, but let, let your love be my guide. Let your word be my guide. Let words of love come out of my mouth when I speak. Uh, you know, and I don't know about you, but my mama taught me if you don't have anything good to say, just shut it up. Just, just don't say nothing at all. And so I, I've heard, I don't know this, he's never said it to me, I think I heard it through his wife. I heard my son-in-law says that, you know, you know your mother. He said, sometimes she's standing there smiling, but you know in her mind, she's like, <laughs> you know, I, and brother, I'm talking about it this morning. It's the love of God, right? <laughs> so... As wives, we should live in love to be loved. You know, and this brings me to my little illustration. I was standing at the funeral at the graveside of a family member some years back, many years back. 
And uh, it was the saddest words I think I've ever heard. His wife said, I wish I had been nicer to him. Because he was like, he was like the nicest guy. He loved everybody. He'd, he'd go, he'd give you the shirt off his back. He'd go the second and third mile. He'd work all day, stop at the grocery store, buy groceries, come home and cook dinner because she didn't like to cook. And on and on and on and on and on. And he was just the nicest guy. And he died in a really hard way with a sickness. And, uh, you know, and I thought, well, you can't go back. You can't go back. We can't redo life. We can't go back and be nicer. We can't. All we can do, if we're still breathing breath on this earth, is go forward and determine, I am going to be nicer. I am going to walk in love. I am going to speak kind and loving words, even if I'm overtired or cranky or hangry or, or whatever it is, or I feel like, you know, they're just pressing me. They're just pressing me. And um, no, because we only go through this life once, and we're to live in love to be loved. So wives, you have a solemn, awesome, godly duty in your home, and that is to protect the anointing of God in your home by protecting your marriage and letting nothing and no one come between you and your spouse. And so in, in doing that, in regards to doing that, we have to watch our attitudes. You know, and all of us, all of us have bad days, and all of us have days where he said, she said, I'm, you know, put out and that. But, you know, let's make our homes places where uh, the peace of God lives and the joy of the Lord lives and the love of God lives. Um, you know, we used to say years ago in our marriage seminar, well, if you've had a, one of those really bad days and you're just like really cranky and, and you just don't want to be messed with, but you know once you get home, they're all going to mess with you. You know, they want you this, daddy this, mommy this, everything. You know, just decide when you drive into the driveway and, you know, where we put our trash out by the street, just roll down the window and say, I'm throwing out all that garbage, all that garbage, all those negative emotions, all those complaints, all that, you know, every, every neg negative thing I'd want to, like, vent, I'm going to just throw it out the window and leave it by the street for, for the guys when they pick up the trash. And then just say, thank you, Lord, you're in me, your love's in me, I'm going to walk in the house and just be full of your love and be so happy to see uh, smiling, cheerful faces, and if they're crying and if they're fighting, you know, hopefully not your wife with the kids, but, uh, you know, or your husband or whatever, but, you know, you're going you're gonna to be that, that lover. You're going to be full of the love of God. We should live in love to be loved. So we want to watch our attitudes, wives. We want to watch our attitudes, moms. And that's even true with the children, you know, because their, their little hearts, their little souls, their spirits are, are uh, tender. You know, they're tender, and they can be easily bruised and easily damaged, even if we say the right thing, but we're, we're saying it so angrily or so harshly. Uh, you know, sometimes just, you know, go in the closet and uh, take the edge off, you know. No, I don't mean like, like that, take the edge off. I mean, I mean, go in the, I'm at prayer closet. 
I, I was thinking Susanna Wesley. Okay, go in the closet, you know, kneel down if you have to and say, Lord, I thank you for your love and fill me with your love today. Praise the Lord. Okay. It is the Holy Spirit in us that helps us have good attitudes and good fruit. The Holy Spirit. So he lives in our hearts. So your relationship that you have, uh, ladies, with your husbands, if you're married, uh, is to be a loving relationship, a giving relationship, and an encouraging one. And just so we don't make the husbands feel neglected, number four, husbands, a word for the guys. Husbands, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. Husbands, in the same way. Say, in the same way. Be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. You want my version of that verse? If you don't want your wife to become an old battle axe later in life, then don't talk meanly to her, don't talk harshly to her, don't treat her like she's a service dog, okay? If you want a sweet, gentle, kind, considerate, loving wife, when you get old and you know you will and you'll need her help and, you'll, and she'll be the one taking care of you and cooking your food, Word to the wise. The word is your protection. Treat her with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. You know, oftentimes I think whether it's the husbands or the wives or any of us, we can, we can hinder our own prayers. You know, we're believing God for this. We're believing God for that. We need God to intervene over here. We want this, this healing over here or for this family member or for this person. But then we're acting in such a way that the power of God is not working in us and through us in our homes or in our families because we're not living according to his love, that, that power of God that works within us. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25, and following husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, how? The way Christ loves his church, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So, husbands, love your wives. Love your wives. Say, I'm going to love my wife. Better. More than ever before. Remember, she is the weaker vessel. Now, you may not think so, but, you know, if you work her like a pack horse, when she gets old, she's going to be some broken-down old woman, and you're going to look over there and think, damn, I'm married to a broken-down old woman. 
Yeah, that wasn't in the notes either, but. <laughs> if, you, if you don't want her to look like a pack mule, then don't treat her like one. Amen. Remember, love your wife, cherish and protect her. Allow nothing, no one to come between you. Preserve the sanctity, the covenant of marriage. No one comes between you. And look, I've just had my fullness, you know, of people getting married and keeping my friend, who's the opposite sex, as their best friend. I have seen marriages break up. We had a, a sweet, beautiful couple, all excited, got married. This was 30-something years ago came to the church when we were at I-30, you know, they'd met, you know, somewhere, and she, I think she swept him off his feet, and boy, bang, he married her. Well, he'd had a girlfriend for seven years. Seven years, never married that poor girl, wherever. Never married her. Had a girlfriend for seven years, never married her, met this gal, she's stunning, you know, they met through a work situation, and boy, bang, I don't know if they waited a week or two and they got married. They're married. They start coming to church. She wants to meet with me and tells me she wants to know how to handle a situation. Sure, I thought, what could it be? It can't be that big a deal. Well, sure enough, every night at 10 o'clock, he is on the phone with his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend. But she, she wasn't an ex because he had to talk to her every night at 10 o'clock. That's not an ex. An ex is, as far as you're concerned, they are dead to you. Dead. You don't mention their name. You don't know who they are. You never saw them before in your life. They are dead to you. Thank you. So, of course, you know, I told her, I, and I was young then. I was very young then. And she was young. And I told her, I said, well, that's got to stop. And you, I said, you're young, you're beautiful, you're newly married. They'd only been married a few months. I said, you, in a very nice, kind, loving way, just say, I'm your wife. You talk to me at 10 o'clock at night. You never talk to her again and, and, and because I'm your wife. You don't need to talk to her ever again. Well, apparently, she must have said what I said because we never saw them at church again. All right. Wrap up maybe another 15, 18, 18 years. We're at, still at I-30. Towards the end of being at I-30, but we were still there, and it was that uh, Pastor Appreciation Sunday before Christmas. Lord help us. You see some of the weirdest things. Not now, but back then. <laughs> And so we're up there, and people are filing by saying, Merry Christmas. And this couple, this man, we hadn't seen in like 15 or more years is there, and he's with another woman. But I knew by, I knew by the Holy Spirit, but I knew by looking at her face, she looked just like him, and I knew it wasn't one of his daughters because I'd seen them elsewhere before. And they come up acting, you know, all giddy. Oh, we got married, and uh, Merry Christmas, and we're here. And I thought, you double, dumb, stupid, 
you know, left that beautiful wife and those beautiful daughters for this old gal that, you know, I've just put a mustache on her, man. She looks just like you. <laughs> Ladies, it is not about how they look. Trust me. It's about words, and that's why the, the best way you can protect your home and your marriage is to stay in the Word of God, know what the Word of God says, and to live it out. So long story short, you know, of course they come through, well, he must have just seen the way my eyeballs were just, and that was it. We never saw him again. But after that, whenever I think about his wife and those girls, I pray for him, because I think, you know, she didn't have a chance. She swept him off his feet. He married her. They had their children. But, you know, he went back. You know, it's like the whole uh, Charles and Camilla thing. And, the, you know, now it's like the Bill Gates and, you know, uh, you know he's had a, a Chinese commie chick on the side for all these years, you know. <laughs> well, here we are. We're going to have to decide, beloved children of God, whether we're going to live and love and allow the love of the Father to live through us, or if, or if we're going to live like the world, we, if we live like the world, we're going to get the world's results. So husbands, love your wives. The greatest gift, the greatest gift we can give each other, the greatest gift we can give our children is to live a life of love in front of our children and show them how to walk in love by example because it's the agape, this un conditional forever love of God. So we want to live a life of no regrets. Say, I can live a life, live a life of, no of no regrets. You know, we can never go back. And I know, I know, because out in the world out there, they're, they're redoing everything all the time. Hey, you can redo, 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 but you'll never get back to knowing in your heart what you should have done when you had the opportunity. To live love, we must live in the love of God and share the love of God each and every day with those we are in contact with. Make your home. See, I can make my home the place where God lives. Our homes ought to be the place where God lives because he lives in us. He lives in us. So wherever we are, that's where he lives. So whether it's just you or you and your spouse or you and your children, demonstrate this agape love of God. Live the love of God out in your life. The love he has poured out in our hearts by his precious Holy Spirit. None of us can go back in time and relive life. Psalm 90 and verse 10 through 12 as we conclude. And this is the tale of the tape. Psalm 90 verses 10 through 12. The length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Teach us, Lord, teach us. Teach me. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And this my beloved faith family, is the key to living a blessed and prosperous life in Christ, that we judge ourselves, 
that we judge our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions daily and decide that we're going to live rightly before the Lord. I rightly judge my thoughts, attitudes, and behavior. Take action and live a life of love, knowing that you are loved by God. Also, share the love of God with others. Third John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. We are his beloved, unconditionally, eternally loved by our Heavenly Father. It's so important for us to know the prosperity of God begins in our spirit, and that influences our soul and our body if we just cooperate with God and his word. So live a life of love, live love, be lovers of God, because lovers of God are givers, and as we give, it's, been, it's going to be given unto us. Every blessing in Christ Jesus our Lord is ours and will be ours as we live a life of love. It's where we live the victorious life of Jesus Christ, the place where we are filled with his love. And I love that's that old scripture chorus, but I'll just give you the reference. Song of Solomon, verse 6 and verse 3, I am my beloved's, beloved's and my beloved is mine. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.